When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Stand By Your Band. I'm Tom Dakar, of course, the king of the Wolf of Dog Street. I almost screwed up my own my my own name, the the Wolf of Dog Street. Uh, joined as always by the Prince of Snarkness himself, Tommy McNamara. How are you, Tommy? You know, Tom, I was a weary traveler, but I'm finally back in beautiful New York City, and it feels good to be back. We had some nice times on the road, but... Yeah, we did. We did have some nice times on the road. We were in Boise, Idaho for the Tree Fort Fest, where you can hear the live battle of the bands we did there. Uh, we changed the format a bit. It was so twisted. Uh, <laughs> you'll never be able to unravel it. <clears throat> no, they'll unravel it. Don't say it like that. <laughs> no, you'll never be able to quite figure it out. But hey, pay the $3 a month to get on the Patreon to see if you can, uh, to see if I, prove me wrong, listeners. Like This thing <laughs> is so convoluted it. that you will not. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> this thing is so fucking twisted. Um, no, it was really fun though. Uh, great, great squad of people on that thing, and uh, yeah, we're back. We saw Japanese breakfast. Yeah, uh, Adam, a former uh, guest of the show from Landlady, was a uh, killer on it. I was just messaging him that I it was all I talked about all weekend was how fucking good that Japanese breakfast show was. Great it was show, insane. Um, saw mannequin pussy. Was supposed to see Built to Spill a second time. Uh, I ate an edible and uh, had to go st- immediately to bed. Um, <laughs> I, I could not do one more second of that fest, but it was a good time. And uh, we have a great guest today. I think uh, I think we should bring him right in. Uh, we haven't had him in a while, and I'm I'm so excited to see his New Zealand face. Uh, Guy Montgomery is here. Oh, my boys, my beautiful boys. (laughs) I'm so good, and I'm so excited to be reunited with you both, to to see you both socially, uh, but also professionally. (laughs) (laughs) And I I like that you brought your briefcase. I think that's a good Well, I I, I wanted to create, I wanted to be able to delineate very clearly between when I'm just (laughs) catching up with my guys and when I'm here to talk turkey. And uh, (laughs) turkey, of course, represents music in that sentence. (laughs) Yeah, no, I uh, far out Brussels sprout. I miss you guys, and I'm I'm so glad to hear that you've been having a nice time in my absence. Yeah, yeah. we try. Every day is a struggle in your absence, but uh, we're trying to make it work. Wow, uh, we are a husk of what we once were. When you I know, were yeah, this is this is the downside of befriending me as I leave a, a wake of sort of destruction and it's desire kind of for up. camaraderie. As I you, as I cut people out of my life, us, yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. Um, and I understand because you, you did you boys were you traveling for leisure or for for business or was it a mix of the two? Was it not unlike it was this a mix podcast? Of the two. I, it was. It started off as business and then uh, it turned into pleasure, which is <laughs> the way Tommy likes to do his business. Which I say he needs to knock off. <laughs> not a good look in this day and age. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, it was a uh, it was a festival that we were booked to do comedy on, but it was primarily a music festival. And mm. it turns out we're just the type of sick fucks to enjoy that type of shit. <laughs> that is, know? yeah, that's right in your guys' wheelhouse. <laughs> and and um, you're you're you for a long while from New Zealand, it appeared that you guys weren't able to perform comedy in America. And that's true. Now uh, there's a situation where the boot is on uh, the other foot. Oh no! I know. Oh, I know. Know. I was going to ask about this. Are you guys done? Are you guys locked down right now? We are. I'm in my. Uh, I'm in Auckland, which is the biggest city in uh, New Zealand. And we are oh, locked down because right, sure. we are the greatest city in New Zealand because uh, <laughs> it's where the most people want to live. So I'm in my 44th day of a, a very, very strict Whoa. lockdown. Damn. And uh, yeah, I know. I always thought, you know, it would be nice to see how it feels when the boot is on the other foot. But uh, <laughs> the, the now, foot the boot was on feels like there's this phantom boot and I'm getting my ass kicked. I hate this. I'm, I'm, um, I'm oh, happy. you don't like it? No, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I know. Here's a question, guy. A lot of people say you've been making your Bo Burnham inside the last four years. <laughs> yes, but my, I've been making mine just inside my freaking beautiful mind. <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, deign to try and um, communicate the thoughts I'm having to to the outside world from my guest house. No, I'm I'm instead uh, I'm sat cross legged in my beautiful stepdaughter's room, uh, podcasting in private. This is my inside. This episode of Stand By Your Band is my Bo Burnham's inside. I still think this is better than uh, what Tommy did, which was his anti uh, shutdown, his anti lockdown special outside, which yeah. was where during the heat of COVID, he was just doing was, comedy in people's yeah, faces at the grocery it store. Was, it was Tommy maskless being kicked out of establishments while performing his best material. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I weirdly targeted the elderly when I would kind of go out there, which made it so much worse than it had to be. But. Like in terms of targeting the medically uh, infirmary, I sort of understand the logic, but your jokes aren't written for those people. It's no wonder it looked like you were bombing. <laughs> they can't relate to the trivial complaints we have about our modern lives. <laughs> Come on, you're on Snapchat, right, old man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's yeah. so nice to see you both. And now I understand we're, we're spanning three time zones. That's yes. right. We're in. Th- this is this is truly a phenomenon uh, of the of modern technology. That uh, I am, of course, in Los Angeles, California, for another day. Tommy is in the beautiful city of uh, New York, and you are, of course, in uh, Auckland, New Zealand, which That's is right. uh, really impressive what we're able to accomplish here. I, 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 you I guys had such a hard me. time. I had such a hard time figuring it out. <laughs> I was like, I had to like pause the TV show I was watching and really focus on the computer just to try and figure out these three times. Yeah, it sounds like you really challenged yourself when you had to pause the TV show you were watching. <laughs> he was watching... Uh, uh, Teletubbies with his girlfriend. <laughs> oh it's her God. favorite show. <laughs> Not now, Nunu. <laughs> I but I do. Do you guys feel like you uh, you're you're mentally in different states throughout the day? Ooh, that's a good question. That makes it even harder to line these things up because um, we're on different time zones within those different mental states. As that's well. right. Uh, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I do think I'm in different mental states. For example, earlier I was, uh, you know, high as a kite on coffee. 
now I'm uh, low as a low as a Joe on this uh, this fruity beer. Ah, well, wow, that sounds like you're you're living the you know the oscillating highs and lows of a man about town. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and because yeah, this is like this, for me, this is the first thing I've done today. I got out of bed, I made myself an egg, I tidied the kitchen, <laughs> and then it was podcast o'clock. But for a man yeah. like t- what what's the what hour have you got over there, Tommy, in NYC? We've got, it's just after 5 p.m., which is weird that Tom's the one drinking and I'm not. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if that would come to light. <laughs> it's my day off. It's Wednesday. <laughs> but no, yeah, my day, I have done a bunch of stuff and I've, uh, yeah, I, but now I feel, I feel good. I feel relieved. I, I kind of reached a state of enlightenment during the pandemic. I, I've gotten, uh, you know, very zen now. So every time of day is the same for me. Oh, say. wow. That's amazing. It's certainly I was, not true. But. I know, I know, but it's a convincing lie. I remember when I like. I remember when I was a boy or even an early teen, and you go, to, you're going to sleep, and like it's before you've, you know, you've touched any um, alcohol or, or drugs or anything. But like, just experience the the way that your mind processes things, and like I remember, you know, staying up late, and like how different I felt from the person I was when I woke up. That sort of experience has always stayed with me. Do you guys remember having a similar experience at all? Yeah, well, night was when I would listen to my dark passenger. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Tommy did, in fact. He, and he references this a lot, and I'm really not quite <laughs> sure what he's talking about, but he says he alludes to this dark passenger that was <laughs> always, often with him. And I was like, were you like a racist cab driver? And he's like, no, it's not like that. It's just, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, I'm not racist. I'm a serial killer, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very woke and progressive serial killer. <laughs> that should be what the new Dexter's about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's, super, he's just killing people who should be canceled. <laughs> That's kind of the original Dexter. I guess that's true, but it's like, I guess you don't think of like evil, like murderers. It's like, uh oh, I guess yeah. you're getting canceled now. <laughs> you can't even murder anybody anymore. Yeah. Can't murder anyone these days. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's nice as both, both for podcasting reasons, but just as a general reunion. Yes. Well, um, I meant to, this. Re- this reminds me of a question I have for you. What's cancel culture like in New Zealand, guy? Is it is it is it ruining society for you guys? Like it uh, is us. Yeah, man. You can't you can't say anything these days. I, <laughs> uh, and you know, funny's funny. Uh, <laughs> it's it is. I uh, I think it's sort of. In my experience of, of being in different places, I, I think cancel culture doesn't necessarily fall, fall along geographic lines so much as ideological lines or whichever echo chamber you spend time in online. So, like, in New Zealand, in the parts of, you know, society that I inhabit, cancel culture, or, like, at least call-out culture or accountability exists, but if I was to pivot to sort of the middle of New Zealand... um. No one gives a fuck about any of that. No <laughs> one's talking Austin, about Texas. it. Yeah, no one's thinking about it. Like, it's, I'd say it's probably the same in New York, or yeah, where it's like it ex- it exists, and if you go to the right places online, you know, you can read a lot. Of, or no, it doesn't exist, but like you know, the, yeah. that conversation is taking place. But then, 
and broader society, people just don't have time to care or think about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're trying to earn enough money to have dinner. Now, you'd think that that would be true here, where people who have much more important things to think about would not be arguing online about who and who shouldn't be canceled, and you would be sadly very incorrect based on my timeline. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I like, it is, um, it's certainly, this is sort of, this is not even addressing the main thrust of the question now. This is just um, probably, you know, getting down to the depths of gossip but like one of the most toxic and enjoyable side sidebars of doing comedy is like you know gaining entry to these secret little private facebook pages mm-hmm. where everyone's cussing each other out and it's like it's, oh, yeah. i remember i started doing stand-up in toronto uh in like uh 2012 i think and i joined like you know the toronto stand-up club community or whatever it was and then like until recently i've only just fucking managed to get myself off the smack that is watching a bunch of open mic comedians (laughs) in toronto i don't know fucking attack each other that is such a drug where i found myself in the pages of scenes that i have never lived in that i don't know any of the people involved i'm just like oh shit this person's saying they're banned from this open mic and then here's why and then Oh, it's so oh. good. There was this whole thing in Denver like three years ago. Yes. I didn't know <laughs> one single person involved. I spent hours of of several days reading about the drama scene. If there was any updates, I was like, I don't know any of these people and don't give a fuck. Uh, it's Great. absolute madness. Um, But yeah, no. So we're, everything, you know, it's all, everything's okay. New Zealand's all right. I'm just, um, I'm, I'm at that point of lockdown where I'm sort of, I'm taking it day by day. There's no long view. I'm losing my yeah. mind. I welcome mm-hmm. the respite of catching up with my friends. <laughs> this is great. I during COVID, like during like the full lockdown. I shouldn't say during COVID because it is uh, fully still COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, during the like the middle of the year of uh, being fully inside, I was. Uh, we were like playing games on like I played NBA 2K with 12 minute quarters. Like I was just <laughs> fully lost to the world. I might as I might as, I might as well have been dead. It was just not a life. Was lived. there not some teenage part of you that was like, God, I've always wished I had the the time to to play NBA 2K with full quarters, <laughs> like. <laughs> There was that, and it's funny that as a child I was like, "I'm too, I'm too busy." <laughs> but now I finally have time to do it, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, and now I've that habit is kind of stuck where I play like 2K online all the time, and then my fiance, who has a real life and job, has to hear me in the middle of the night screaming, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so we haven't had you on since we've changed the format a, a bit here, guy. Mm. Uh, we've started doing something new. Not every episode, but we like to uh, include bands. So normally, when you when you come on before, we talk about we talked about Halloween last time you were on with the uh, mm-hmm. Halloween music. But normally on this show, we talk about bands that people make fun of. They get roasted nonstop. They're getting they're getting shit yeah. on both sides. They can't get catch a break. And we have. Comedians come on to defend those bands that were so unfairly uh, made fun of, but we've we've added a new element of the show where now uh, we do bands like Jawbreaker um, or uh, who else? Have we Hold done steady, Kraftwerk. Uh, you think sort of deserve overlooked 
perhaps. Yes, exactly. Overlooked, underrated, bands that maybe people don't know about, but we want to give them credit for being great. We don't rate the playlist or anything like that. Yeah. And we only we felt that it would only be right if you, uh, now that you're we're having you back, if you had an opportunity to defend well, a band that absolutely. fits that category. It's a genre of, um, not genre, but like, I think so many of the so many seminal bands uh, are overlooked. You know, it's sort of like um, bands who are responsible for taking a sound in a certain direction, but aren't mm-hmm. the the one who broke that sound. Um, I don't know. I I feel like there's a lot of bands that I've listened to in my life that I've remained a steadfast fan of that never quite got the glow that they might. Sure. Deserve. Well, yeah, that that famous saying about the Velvet Underground, you know, only ten thousand people bought the first record, but every one of those people started a band. It's like that's that. right. It is. That's a beautiful. Uh, uh, who said that? Was that you? Uh, uh, yes. That was <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> that's got to be like your most famous saying. <laughs> it's up there, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, but there's a there's a. a, a <laughs> I do. I do. I I'm I think this is a great not pivot but I think this is a great inclusion in the in the your podcasting oeuvre and there's mm-hmm. a a band I like um a New Zealand band who I think changed the sound of music for sort of uh rock is probably too broad a term but I can't I can't get down into the nitty gritty of it um they're a band that were founded by the founding member actually was he's my high school alumni. We went oh, to the same wow. high school. Oh, wow. Uh, and he formed a band called The Feelers. All right, let's hear Fishing for Lisa. Glad that you um, kept it running until the violins came in because it, it shits mm-hmm. me when people don't don't stick around till the yeah. strings come in. That would have, uh, I think, everybody would have been too pissed for me to <laughs> cut it short. Yeah, um, one of the a great f- song. Thank yeah. you. It's and so what, evocative, is what I like about it. You it, know, it is, isn't it? It's a it's a contemplative song, and even if you didn't hear it while you were a teen, I think. You know, not unlike when we were talking before about staying up late, you know, and you, you're thinking about your life. Or you're, you're 14 or 15. You might like someone, but, um, you know, you don't have the courage to communicate that to them. It's a, it's yeah, a music you're 14, that, 15. You like a, this podcaster who, yeah, uh, he's a little old, old for you. <laughs> staying by your band, but he, you still think you have a shot with him. And so that's right. But it can, it can, t- it can, transport you to that place and that's what great music can do is it can um you know like time, they say time travel is not possible but music's the the closest damn thing we've got absolutely that took me that took me right back to a time when i was a young boy uh in fact i was like 
am I from New Zealand? I like it transported. <laughs> yeah, me. I was like feeling like exactly what you're talking about. Tommy, what did it evoke for you? Yeah, just like the lyrically, it's like so impressive because right off the bat, you hear this phrase "fishing for Lisa," and usually you're mm-hmm. kind of fishing for an animal. Fish, um, <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 mm-hmm. namely fish. Um, but it's a human that's where, being. You know, that's that's where the saying comes from. That's why they call it fishing. <laughs> oh, okay. I never really from figured fishing that out. for Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah, and. Ugh. I, Keep going, you just start me. to picture this woman, Lisa. You know what does she look like? What you know? And uh, by the end of the song, you want to fish for her yourself. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like it makes you feel that way. Why? Yeah. yeah. If if not the same Lisa, I mean, everyone has everyone has their own Lisa. Mm-hmm. Mine is Lisa Simpson. <laughs> yeah, Homer had one. <laughs> <laughs> I I I was either uh, for me it's I tr- and I keep bouncing back and forth. It's for, it's kind of both of them. Lisa Kudrow as well. Um, mm. Smelly those cat. are my two the two Lisas in my life. I would say the great Lisa so. Kudrow. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. I I actually don't think I have any. Um, I don't think I personally know any Lisas. And that's something. Yeah. Do I know any? This is going to be crazy if I do, and I'm I'm drawing a blank if I know any of my real life. But you know, uh, I've certainly spent more hours with Lisa Kudrow and Lisa Simpson, in my, who I've welcomed in my home through the power of my television, than uh, any Lisa in in real life. I guess I do know some Lisas that I used to work with, and they yeah. were good Lisas. But I mean, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to compete with Phoebe from Friends and <laughs> Homer's daughter. <laughs> well, so one thing I think is really interesting is we were talking about like how these underappreciated bands are actually really influential to other musicians. And something that I, I noticed is that this album came out October of uh, 2001. Yeah. And just, just a year, a little shy of a year later, we get uh, Coldplay's album, A Rush of Blood to the Head. I don't think we get that album if there's no Fishing for Lisa. You know what I mean? That's right. And uh, I, it's you know that is a, a great point you bring up. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but October two thousand one, this this entire album was written as a response to nine eleven. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible! Wow, um, and that adds a whole new layer to kind of my read of it. Um, yeah, commu- it's well, the album's called Communicate, as in when are we going to stop yelling at each other and start mm-hmm. communicating with? each other start yelling yeah. with each other yes. yeah <laughs> yeah yes i'm trying <laughs> to communicate how i feel um it's it's a beautiful thing and also you'll notice like if i don't know if you've seen the liner notes of the track listing but some of the tracks are, are capitalized and others are all written in lowercase and mm. you know that sort of changed the way we text each other you know people yes yeah that's true I just I found something groundbreaking here. So Tommy pointed out that the Coldplay album came out in 2002. You're not going to believe this. Guess what album comes out June 4th, 2002? What's that? The Eminem Show. And oh. I don't think we get that. Wow. No, no chance. Yeah. yeah. No and chance. and what are the odds? It's, it's pretty too, easy it lines to up too well. It's pretty easy to draw a straight straight line between Communicate and the Eminem Show. Mhm. How do you communicate? You telecommunicate yeah. through a show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Communicating yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, sh- would you guys like to hear another track? I, d- I would love to hear another track. What I should can't we get listen enough, to next? Yeah. Well, 
it's interesting. I, I, I'm tempted to to keep it on the sort of the downbeat, that more contemplative feelers, but they're also responsible for some of the biggest stadium-filling rock anthems in the history of not just New Zealand music, but I would say rock and roll internationally. And uh, no song hits harder or gets people charging faster than the iconic Pressure Man. <laughs> Ooh. I'm, I'm excited. Right. Let's hear uh, let's hear some of Pressure Man. Here it is. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ooh, listen to that. What is this? Music by aliens? had the chance to listen to these songs before i didn't have any time to research this week but that song i mean it's the future you know i mean it's yeah. from a long time ago but you feel like you're in the future yeah i mean they truly predicted the future it's 1997 i think 98 uh, 98 oh 98 yeah. oh then never mind <laughs> <laughs> but it, i mean it, it's still that is a long time ago for a song to still sound so current yeah. This and is what I'm. T- listen to this. Listen to this lyric. It sucks your sorry ass. Yeah, they and predicted ass eating. <laughs> well, they were ahead of the curve in many ways. You know, if if not just for their music, they were as famous for their hedonistic party lifestyle. I <laughs> uh, and like it's the music obviously speaks for itself, but the lyrics. I think so often people when they listen to songs, they they hear like they pluck out words, but they don't string the entire you know lyric together. And and James Reed pours his heart and soul into this stuff. Mm-hmm. The 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 line which is the sort of chorus refrain, "Are you pressure man or prey?" 
Mm-hmm. I think if, if James Reed doesn't write and perform that line, then Brandon Cooks doesn't think to ask the seminal question, are we human or are we or dancer? Are we dancer? Yeah. No, mm-hmm. not happening. Um, did you even, say Brandon Cooks by the? I did, yeah. I meant flowers, but I, 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 Brandon Cooks is a he's, uh, wide he's tearing receiver. up. Yeah, he's tearing it up for the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, yeah. <laughs> having a surprisingly good year, by the way. I have my yeah. one of my fantasy. Teams. I know that's yeah, why I, you I, probably mixed him up. I lost to him in fantasy this week. Uh, he's obviously <laughs> top of mind still, and it's as interesting, isn't it, that we can have these uh, deep and ruminative conversations about music while also being frustrated <laughs> that we lost to a guy in London. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of the duality of man. And I yes. think, um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, talk about the music influence. I think that this song kind of is the Matrix before the Matrix, you know? Mm. Um, it's just got yes. that vibe. It sounds like it would have fit in so well on the soundtrack. But this is, you know, a year before that. So you have to think mm-hmm. the Wachowskis heard this song and just got out a notebook and started writing, you know? Kind of fucked up they didn't use it for the soundtrack, too. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's one of the hard things about creating art is you know you don't know what people are, once you finish the thing you don't know what people are going to do with it that's no longer your you know that's that's for everyone and mm-hmm. what people do it they could chop it up you know remix it or they could take it to to create an entire cinematic universe that sort yeah. of changed sci-fi cinema and and um yeah yeah like, I mean it leads us to the question I mean guy Red pl- red pill or blue pill? <laughs> I take both, baby. <laughs> you dirty dog. You freak. Yeah. <laughs> I take a green pill? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, the Matrix is all green. Why are the pills <laughs> blue and red? Yeah, what the hell? And this green pill, which is a vitamin, <laughs> you should just take it just in case. Which is fish oil. <laughs> fish for Lisa oil. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that I uh, they they were on a soundtrack. This is a little trivia question uh, for you here, guy. And hell, I'll include Tommy in here too, and the listener, and anybody who wants to participate. <laughs> uh, what song? Uh, oh, that the song we just heard, in fact, was featured in what 1999 American film? And it is an instrumental version. And we whoa, yeah, yeah. I might need one more hint for this. Okay. But I have a guess before a hint. Okay. That guess do you want to give? Do you want to give the guess before the hint? Yes, I'll give the guess first. Is that David Fincher's Fight Club? You would be horribly incorrect. <laughs> well, maybe in actuality, but in terms of vibe, I think it's a pretty good match. <laughs> right? And it's the same I mean, year. I'll say David Fincher was horribly incorrect to have not used it, but <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, also makes the answer. Terribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Gone girl, pressure man. Come on. I <laughs> no. Come on. It's um. It's a simple. It's a simple question, and the answer is obviously, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia. That is uh, also just disgustingly incorrect. <laughs> Amy <laughs> man. Amy man. Pressure man. It's all the same. <laughs> all right. I'll give you guys your precious hint. Uh, the song appears during uh, Kirsten Dunst's tap dancing act. Kirsten Dunst. 1999, Kirsten Dunst. I used to get Kirsten Dunst and Julia Stiles confused. Well, that would be a horrific mistake to make. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One of the biggest faux pas you could ever make at a big Hollywood party. (laughs) 
Julia Stiles, so nice to... Oh, no. I've done it again. <laughs> I turn around and Jesse Plemons is just pointing a sawn-off shotgun at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me give you some uh, some other people who were in this film and see if that helps. We've got Ellen Barkin. We've got Brittany Murphy. Mm. It's not Virgin Suicides, Allison. is it? No, no, oh, okay. no. We've got Allison Janney. Good cast. Denise Richards. Wow. Did you say who's Allison Janney? No, I said good cast. Oh, yeah, that's good. Very different phrases. That's so different from what <laughs> yeah, I heard. Yeah. See, this just goes to show that Although I do get, I get, to say I get Allison Janney and Denise Richards muddled up. So <laughs> <laughs> I find it very confusing when they're in the same movie. <laughs> oh, this one might be the biggest uh, hint. Uh, Kirstie Alley and Amy Adams. So this is an all-female debut. cast? Uh, I don't know if that's I mean, all the, the stars case, are. But all the stars are, uh, yes. Yeah, all the stars I, I'm are. Out. I'm out, It's about too. a beauty pageant. Does that help at all? I, I don't know it. I don't think I've seen this all movie. Right. It's Drop Dead Gorgeous. I never saw it. Fuck. I haven't Fuck. seen it either. But, you know, great soundtrack. I, I've, always, I've always maintained that. <laughs> People at home are losing their minds. Or they also didn't know. <laughs> Only time will tell. Uh, um, we have a sec. Oh no, go ahead. Tom. Well, really quick, I searched on Google what is a pressure man, and yeah, the first thing that comes up is the song "Pressure Man" by the Feelers, um, which means first of all they literally coined and like defined this phrase that we all use, kind of yeah, yeah. In, in our lexicon. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing that came up was a Daily Beast article that says the pressure men face to act like men is literally toxic. What do you think about uh, that guy? Well, I mean, I think, first of all, I hope that uh, James Reed and the feelers got a shout-out in the byline of that Daily Beast (laughs) article because the the truly toxic behavior would be plagiarizing lyrics and reappropriating them into think pieces without um, giving appropriate credit. But, you know, in saying that, I also couldn't agree more with the Daily Beast, as I always do. Um, it's my homepage. It's the only app I have on my phone. And it's pretty much the wind that dictates the direction my opinions take on any given day or before appearing on any given podcast. And I love tough out there for men. And you are a guy rights activist, right? Uh, guy. I'm always looking out for my guys. (laughs) Uh, We get pilloried for our ludicrous name, (laughs) you know, um, and I I won't stand for it. And I am trying to start a union for just for guys. <laughs> oh man! Uh, Did you see Free Guy? Did you see Free Guy? I no, they're still trying to charge me for it. And I said, <laughs> "What are you freaking talking about? This is for me." <laughs> so botched the rollout on that movie, eh? <laughs> If your name is Guy, you shouldn't have to pay. Uh, I think it, it's just come out on what's it on? It's on Disney Plus or something mm. here. Ooh, um, I almost saw it last night in theaters. I actually, I didn't. I watched the Kid Detective last night at home. How's that? Ooh, I liked it. It was a it was a genre melding film. It started off mm. so light and sort of silly, and then it gets quite dark. It reminds mm. me of like a certain band. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> It's a lot like what we're listening. I like my genres kept apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like when you know, it's like keeping the different food groups off. When you're a boy, mm-hmm. you used to not like your food to touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was such a fussy boy. 
<laughs> Speaking of fussy boys, this brings us right into our next segment. Uh, we have a voicemail from uh, Jared Thompson, friend info of the show. Uh, he's a you know uh, he always he always bad mouths me when I'm on the show. <laughs> Well, not me, but my taste. No, I think it's you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very curious what he's going to have to say about the feelers. Of course, this is an appreciation of the feelers we're doing today. And uh, Jared is usually a tough critic, but I think he's going to... I wonder what he'll say. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, by the way, Jared, if you don't know, if this is your first time listening, if you're just a hardcore feelers fan and discovering the show for the first time today... Jared is the owner of the beautiful comedy attic in Bloomington, Indiana, where Tommy and I will be uh, November 5th and 6th. Uh, we're going to be doing stand-up and uh, and also a live stand-by your band, I think, on the Friday night. it might. I think it's going to be a double ticket where if you if you pay for one, you can get into the other, and I, I think you should come to both because we got yeah. a new format that's so fucking twisted. You need to be live to unravel it. From the demented Uh, minds of the two Toms. Uh, All right, uh, here's what Jared has to say about the feelers. What's up, y'all? It's this week's They Went to Jared. The boys are going to have a guest on defending the feelers. Uh, Tom knows that I've always been on record uh, that the feelers are like one of the best bands ever. And certainly they would make a list of the, you know, the most underrated bands or artists ever. I don't think it's too crazy to think that eventually once the gen pop kind of hears about them more, more and more, that they'll sort of slide over in from you know, one of the most underrated bands ever to just simply one of the best bands ever. And I think for me personally, I think that one of the reasons that the Feelys became like (laughs) a known band was uh, they had a song in the Academy Award winning, I think it swept that year, the Squid and the Whale, uh, best picture, best actor, best actress. um, First time since Silence of the Lambs, I think that it won best picture, best actor, best actress, best supporting uh actor and actress and screenplay and it was this song called let's go that really put him on the map i mean it's just so hard jangly yeah so anyway the feelers uh listen to him now thank you (laughs) all right that was jared with a shocking uh turn of uh i I was you know he's usually like our resin snob it it turns out he loves the feelers and that's the first time he's ever played a song on the voicemail so i feel like he got his wires crossed a little there that that i believe was by the sort of like 80s or 70s 80s band the feelies yeah, I think he might have been confused, confusing the feelers for the feelies. I mean, but. it's all the more reason for us to do this episode to kind of enlighten people. Mm-hmm. Well, like there, there, yeah. there is space for both bands, and <laughs> it's interesting that he said feelies and feelers in the same. He, well, it is because he, he sort of top and tailed his his talk break with the feelers, <laughs> but then in the middle he started talking about the feelies. Although, you know, much in the same way that. We decry the Daily Beast or you know uh, the the Wachowskis for for aping elements of the Feelers lyrics and genius and then creating their own products. We, we'd be doing a disservice to the 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 Feelies if we didn't acknowledge that 
their band name paved the way for bands like the Feelers to confidently mm-hmm. come out and, mm-hmm. you know. And, like, it, it all comes full circle again. You think about that Daily Beast article, one of the to- most toxic elements of being a man is is being a man. Uh, the Feelers <laughs> were one of the first man bands that talked about having feelings. You know, before that yes. in music, men were totally closed off. Yep. Men wouldn't talk about fishing for Lisa. They might sing about fishing yep. with their boys. Yes. Sure. Fishing yes. with Larry, yeah. yeah. You can hear that all the time. <laughs> fishing for fish with Larry. Nothing more. <laughs> oh, man. I just uh, remembered I once saw a guy wearing a shirt at the airport, and the shirt said, uh, I don't need to go to therapy. I just need to go fishing. <laughs> such a funny shirt. It is well. It's it's for a lot of people. It's actually like therapy, so it um it makes yeah. a lot of sense. I I a friend and uh, uh I I has bought me a hat that hasn't I haven't actually received it yet. It's being sent from abroad that says um, woman want me, fish fear me. Yes, and I think mm-hmm. that's a, that's another fun one, isn't it? It's a, it very clearly puts a stake in the ground for the sort of person you are, <laughs> which is a, a heterosexual guy. <laughs> who loves to fish. Yeah. Or at least someone who's attractive to the opposite sex. Maybe you're like, women want me. I don't want them. Yeah. I, that's I right. Want, I want uh, fellas <laughs> <laughs> myself. And fish fear me, and I just yeah. want them to be my friends. Maybe it's a shirt like that's tragic. He's like, mm. I just love fish, and they fear me. And then, Yeah. I'm I think into fish. <laughs> it's, it's sort of it's a, it's a replenishable format, really, isn't it? It's sort of like uh, <laughs> pronoun feeling me, mm-hmm. fish fear me. So yes. all fish fear me, and different mm-hmm. people have different feelings about me otherwise. <laughs> now that would be a good shirt because it kind of leaves, you know, because yes. life is messy. It's not black and white. Yes. Not every woman's going to love you, you know. Mm-hmm. Every fish yeah. will fear you, but <laughs> <laughs> and, rightly so, and rightly so. <laughs> people have a variety of different feelings about me based on their uh, experiences with me. Fish fear me. <laughs> yeah, fish unilaterally. <laughs> uh, all right, we uh, we got some more music to get to, to here. What would you like to hear next, guy? What do you what do you think is gonna? Uh, well, I feel like we've shown two different sides of the the sort of the like, I don't know the Pentagon that is the the multifaceted feelers. Uh, we've we've had. Fishing for Lisa, which is the more sort of acoustic, contemplative sound. And then we had the hard, barnstorming rock of Pressure Man. And I think that, you know, there's a genre between these two poles that exists that they again blazed a trail for. And um, it's sort of, uh, to describe it as feel good sounds trite. But they, they have music that it's the sort of stuff that if you've got a high quality pair of headphones, you put them in your ears and you mm-hmm. step off the plane and you're walking down the streets of New York City and you think, hold on a second, is my life a movie? <laughs> and uh, this is just one of those songs for me and it's uh, it's called As Good As It Gets. All right, let's hear As Good As It Gets.
He's not lying. No, no, no. <laughs> Especially when you've been inside a room for 44 days. <laughs> you just have yeah. to think, this is as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is real, I think, is <laughs> probably the most harrowing part of that experience. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you get into this zone when you're in, in a lockdown where you're like, well, it's all right, because these ones don't count. But they count the same. well this is the kind of like upbeat song you could picture in like a montage of essential workers like smiling and helping people yeah (laughs) you just hear this in the background yeah do it for them yeah i'm doing it for her thumbs upping while like having the vaccine put in them (laughs) (laughs) absolutely i it's just you know it starts um it starts off a little cautious or it's sort of saying hey you know not everything in life comes easy and Mm -hmm. you know it should have seen from the start there'd be more heartache and pain and it's only once we navigate the challenges of life and we confront you know the full spectrum of emotion that's contained within every person that we can like you know you let your guard down and you let your feelings out you let other people's feelings in and then that's that's when you sort of you know that's when you reach that that point wherein you can experience pure ecstasy that this mm-hmm. is as good as it gets. And it, uh, when I say ecstasy, I'm not talking about the 90s party drug. I'm, I'm talking mm-hmm. about a, a mm-hmm. feeling of sort of just pure joy at yeah. experiencing the world and letting the world experience you. Yeah, 90s mm-hmm. party drug. Yeah. yeah. Only in the yeah. 90s. I know. Well, it got, it got reframed, didn't it? It started getting called Molly. <laughs> To, to bloody turn the cops off people's <laughs> tails. That's what I'm fishing for. These <laughs> <laughs> now let's break down this lyric because I don't know if we just got to this or not. I think we might have. I might have stopped it short of this line. I'm staying for a party. Ah, uh, yeah. This so this is one of the yeah. This is a great. We didn't get to this, and this is a great uh, lyric. Let me play because I think it was coming right after. So let's just play. It's also, it. it's the way. Yeah. Oh, play here it, it is. Okay, so the line there is, if, if you guys didn't hear it, I'm staying for a party, and I'm staying for change, and I'm feeling kind of naughty. I'm glad to say that nothing has changed. Yeah. One of the first songs to rhyme change with change. And, you know, the the imprint that that's left on music and the confidence mm-hmm. that gave your, your Marshall Mathers to start rhyming, <laughs> where, you yes. know... It all connects back. Words with the same word in different tenses. Mm-hmm. Um, is, and I mean, beyond even just grammatically, the the sort of what it represents, I think the sentiment is, um, you know, you know, you've been to a party before, presumably. Oh, yeah, in theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but have you, you've done it, though, right? You've done it. You've been to a party. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, I get. Describe I get it. Des- it describe it. <laughs> oh, it you like? know, you're just like. There's a prom like there's girls wearing prom dresses mm-hmm. and like <laughs> well, you there's punch. <laughs> That's a lot of it, and then and then everybody starts dancing the same dance. And uh, are you are you Tommy? Are you describing prom? I look. I may be describing a dance, uh, a, a prom from the movie She's All That, but, <laughs> uh, but right about now to fuck yeah. your brother. You know, a party and, and ushers the DJ and he, he reminds you of all the synchronized moves. <laughs> a party. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to one of those. Of course. Who hasn't? <laughs> I, I just think it's, um, you know, I'm staying for a party. I'm staying for change and I'm feeling... Kind of naughty. I yeah. I love the way he says naughty. Mm-hmm. He he says it like he almost introduces an automatopoeic feel to the word naughty because the way he says naughty is naughty. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. it is naughty. It'd be weird if he was like, "I'm feeling kind of naughty," like as if he just yeah, threw it away. Yeah. That wouldn't feel good. This like you're like, oh, he is feeling kind of naughty. I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows what sort of mischief he's going to cause. And and in that naughtiness, you can see that he's recaptured the folly of youth, um, and the joys of youth, and that you know nothing nothing has changed, and you know embracing these parts of ourselves lets us live our our most um, free and expressive life, which is what the song is about. It's about opening yourself up and and you know letting life be as good as it gets. Damn, I fucking love it. Me too. Yeah, it's Fuck. so meaningful to me. Yeah. Uh, I'll be right back, Tommy. Do you want to play the next song? Do you have a, Do you have your phone? Like oh yeah, for up? sure. Can, yeah, yeah. That's I'll like what's right. so great about the feelers is kind of anyone can play the songs. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be right back. I can play it if not. Like you know, the Wu Tang Clan had that album that like only Martin Shkreli could play for some reason, but this is like available. Um, yeah, yeah. It's on. It's on. I think most major streaming platforms. They got some of the original videos up on YouTube. Uh, and if you're in New Zealand and, you know, we, we get out of this lockdown in time for the summer, um, you'll be able to see them on their annual vineyard tour playing oh, a lot of the hits wow. live. Yeah. That is amazing because I was kind of trying to do like a sideways for New Zealand. Um, uh, ah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I would I would love it if you could you and Paul Giamatti could come down here and film some sort of behind the scenes documentary about the feelers summer yeah. tour 2021-22. And thank you for assuming that I would be Thomas Hayden Church and not Paul Giamatti in this scenario. Ah, I um, it's 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 so obvious to me who you would be. <laughs> well, you know what's not obvious? Which song you want to hear next? Uh, well, I I think we've sort of you know as I as I've said we've covered three of the sides of the band, um, and there's. I don't know. I'd say we've got the acoustic, we've got the feel good, we've got the hard rock, and then there's a song that they have which sort of represents the um the collision point between these three prongs that they have kind of the and, fulcrum uh, yeah i uh, and it's uh it's a song that is doing a lot more than you know most um and i i, I actually probably can't do it justice it's probably easier to talk about after having heard it again mm-hmm. but this is uh the feelers with venus Ooh, yeah let's hear let's hear venus Mm-hmm. 
Sync. I don't know that everyone's internal river is dry at exactly the same time, but I think everyone's internal river does experience a drought. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, this mm-hmm. is a sign that builds, so I just want to play a little at the end just so you yeah. guys kind of yeah. feel that. Yeah, we got to hear that. See, that's what's yeah. so cool about that song, uh, which I'm hearing for the first time, is you don't know, like at the beginning, you're like, is this the kind of song where you wave a lighter in the crowd? And by the end, you're like, I guess I'm going to start the mosh pit. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, <laughs> it is. And it can be disorienting for people who haven't heard songs like that before. It is, uh, by the end of it, it is a sort of kick down the door and let your hair down party anthem. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I, that's what was just why I had to step away from the mic. I knew that song was coming up, and uh, I didn't want to kick it down a door. I'm in my yeah. my uh, future in law's home. I don't want to destroy property here, and no, I just no, knew yeah. that that was on the table. If if I heard it again, you want to keep it respectful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's an incredible song, and I remember because that came out when I was in school, and some of the. You know the denser kids. Some of the some of the kids with a more base sense of humor would think it was very funny to change the word. You know, because he does keep mm-hmm. saying, "Come, my little Venus, yes. my, my Venus, my Venus," and these sort of you know, it's low hanging fruit kind of stuff. But they would change out the lyrics to something that I'm not. I even can't imagine in. what it could be. I don't want to dignify it by saying <laughs> it, but it used to really get my goat. And it's nice to finally see the song getting the sort of the the treatment it deserves and the respect it deserves. And oh if you're listening to this, you know, if you're listening to this, Ben Williams, and if, you, if you're listening to this, <laughs> Andrew Maxwell, why don't you fucking pull your socks up and show some respect for musicianship? <laughs> I do really quickly, I'm getting ahead of us a little bit because we did, we of course go to the peanut gallery, the listeners of this show to, to comment on the band that we're going to talk about. And I post on the Patreon, which you can get on for $3 a month and, uh, uh, then your comments will be guaranteed to be read. Susanna de Arma, or de, I'm sorry, Susanna de de Anda says, uh, "Well, come my little penis." Finally, putting some respect on the feeler's name and <laughs> Susanna. Um, <laughs> we don't really do that around here. <laughs> yeah, uh, Susanna is called growing up, and I'm pretty sure you were meant to do it ten freaking years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Fair enough. Um, yeah, we should. Uh, yeah, we should race through these last we two. We should get though, through these last. I can't. So believe... many people probably have thoughts about this band. Yeah, because like when we do I these, yeah, tons. When we do these appreciation of... episodes, yeah, people are just like giving stories, like how how much the band mm-hmm. means to them, and so can't we we got to be ready imagine. for that. 
Okay. And also, so, and I don't know how this is possible, but we're already at 55 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could just, why don't we, well, why don't we trim it to one? I think there's one song, which is, the, it's the only song that can really put a pin in the feeler's experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, it's the, it's the title track from the 2001 yes. album, which was a, a political album in response to the horrific events of 9-11. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the aptly titled Communicate. All right. Here is Communicate. Let's communicate. Oh shit! Almost played it twice. That's how much I it wouldn't be. It. Wouldn't be anything wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> obviously, another incredible song. And um, they used to. I mean, one of the things I guess you know, being in a, a band like this and and touring as frequently as they do, one of the challenges is how do you stack your how do you stack your set list? Like mm-hmm. when every single song would fit perfectly into an encore when every single song is the exact song that the fans are banging for you to play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still don't know the answer. Is that better suited to open a gig, to close a gig, to play as the encore to like, you know, to, to repeak the energy in the middle of a set. It's just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful sound. So beautiful. I love it. When he says, uh, these other worlds are uncharted. I mm. felt that. <laughs> well, I think I'll tell you who else felt that is uh, Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland. I believe what? that lyric is the inspiration for that the animated show Rick and Morty. It was sort of oh, introducing wow. the other idea of other worlds that have as yet been unexplored, oh. stories that as yet have not been told. I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's that. a school there's a school of thought that both Rick and Morty represent the two stages of James Reed. One as the the nervous teen staying up late in bed wondering if the girl he likes likes him back and observing his feelings. And the other is the the jaded sort of genius uh you know mm-hmm. musician. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I want to go to that school of thought. Enroll me because that's <laughs> the one that I'm in. I hope yeah. I get in. Wow, I heard it's a tough one to get into, but I yeah, want it's in. a real tough, tough one to get into. But I, I think you could probably do it. Maybe your progeny. I think you're a little old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I can't, yeah, if I can't get in, I can only hope that my my many children will be able to. Because... Countless children, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we have. Uh, we are going to skip this last song, but. Uh, just know that it was astronaut. If you want to listen on your own time, and it's it's another as, banger. I mean, as good as any of the others. 
It's it's so fucking good. And uh, we have one more segment to get to. We teased it already. We go to the peanut gallery now. And uh, as we often do, we're going to go to the Patreon first. If you're on the Patreon, you're guaranteed to have your thoughts read. And it's only $3 a month, and you get bonus episodes. Uh, Justin Kurth says, I've been dreaming of this moment. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> Timothy nice. Hooper's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Gary. I just want to say, it's, yeah, it's nice when the stuff that you love gets um, gets acknowledged. I agree. Uh, Timothy Hooper says, "I feel like the entirety of Lord's career is just a cheap ripoff of what the feelers have already done." <laughs> well, it's a bit of a sore spot that conversation in um, in New Zealand, especially because obviously Lord's first few albums they were sort of the more not grungy musically, but in terms of tone, they were more evocative and emotive. And then, you know, it's like she's gone, she's done the inverse feelers. She's gone full pivot to that sort of more summary acoustic sound. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can trace all of the songs on all of these albums back to (laughs) feelers songs. And what you don't expect people to notice, like you don't think that music fans have lived through both of this, you know, both of these sounds. It's ridiculous. It's disgusting. And what a distrust of her own audience uh, to not think that they would do their homework. James Buntrock says, haven't heard of them before, but listened to a playlist of them for a half hour and found them very pleasant. I would group them in with bands like the Verve Pipe, Dishwalla, and Gin Blossoms. So The, the I, Verve Pipe's a great comparison. Yeah. Yep. They've got that, that, that same sort of beautiful, evocative voice and that, that same deft and light touch with a, a pen and paper. Well said. Beautifully said. Nick Clerkin says, about time, feeler mania is sweeping piss nation. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, and then he said, thanks for finally thinking of the fans. <laughs> well, Jesus, Nick, we try to think about the fans. Yeah. Uh, Dalton Luttrell says, the real appreciation is all your dedication to the feelers. I know you're fishing for Lisa, but you caught a compliment instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're we're fishing. Um, and that that sentence actually gave me a whole new way of thinking about fishing for Lisa. Is it? Is it? Mm. Are you fishing for Lisa in the water, or are you going to fish to bring something back to Lisa? Oh I mean, my god! Oh, there's, there's shit. a whole a whole other layer of complexity to the song that I haven't the even song. considered. I mean, this you've, you've everything. Yeah, you've carved out a pretty solid afternoon's work for me there. <laughs> oh man, this song has so many layers. At least two. Uh, <laughs> uh, did anybody uh, get on that Twitter? Yeah, we had two people. I might have posted it too late because only two people chimed in, um, or maybe it's the time zone thing. Um, but yeah, we only got two. One of them was uh, Yami Sagan said one of the first albums I owned. Some bangers, some I don't love. Solid band. What do you think of that? Uh, it, it smacks of someone who probably listened to the album twice. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you don't like all of them, then you don't like the band, in my opinion. But I'm I'm right or die. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's why we do these appreciation episodes to like bring mm-hmm. out the hardcore fans. Yeah. And then the other comment. Um, I don't know if this is like a common name in New Zealand, but it was uh, Guy Montgomery is the name. And it ah. just says, uh, "I love them." So yeah, maybe... that was that was me. I didn't realize I was going to be on the episode, so I just <laughs> <laughs> wanted to have my voice heard. <laughs> what a pleasant surprise that must have been for you! <laughs> I was stoked. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, all right, we only got uh, one that was like relative to the band on Facebook, which is uh, don't, Joseph Kincaid said, don't give me hope for another Guy Montgomery episode. <laughs> don't play with my feelers. <laughs> uh, beautiful. Uh, that was the peanut gallery that we heard from. I would and, I would so love it if you did a feelers episode with literally anyone else. <laughs> It'd be the most confused episode of your podcast. Still the same playlist. Yeah. It's Gilbert well, Gottfried for some reason. <laughs> this song really gets me going. I knew you had it in your pocket. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that Tommy did get uh, your note. Please set me up for my yeah. Godfrey impression. It's the one new hobby I've picked up in these 44 days of lockdown. Is an on-the-money Godfrey. Uh, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. But before we fully wrap up, you get to give your final thoughts on the feelers here, guy. What do you got for us? And we could have uh, you back, by the way. So don't think of this as like, uh, like maybe I'm, they merit two episodes. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I think, true. Uh, yeah. I don't necessarily think of this as a goodbye so much as a see you soon. I, uh, I mean, I, I feel like we've we've honoured them fairly comprehensively through the episode. I just think you know when I think of the feelers, I think of honestly, in my mind's eye, what I see right now is a montage of the best moments of my life. And I know that that's not re- representative of everyone's life, but you know, like that's that's what the band means to me. Is I, I think of them, and I just i i see the um, i see every moment I've had. I i, I, I you know they're a, a band for all seasons, um, and you can't have the highs without the lows, and they've they've got songs that accompany the lows as well. It's um, they're incredible, and it's I'm just flattered that you asked me on to to. You know, to hopefully introduce a few new people to them and um, give them the glow up they deserve. Just beautifully put, and what a great, great addition to uh, to this podcast. I'm glad we finally got to talk about them. And I feel like people are either gonna fucking hate this episode, or <laughs> <laughs> or they'll think it was all right. <laughs> no, no, no. I think some people are gonna be very happy that we did this, and then others will be very confused, and then others, <clears throat> yeah, will uh, you know? I look, but, uh, <laughs> I look, I look forward to the um the response. I might have to pay three dollars to get on that Patreon and. Uh, <laughs> Check out what the peanut gallery has to say. <laughs> uh, well, guy, thanks so much for coming on. This was such a good time. Uh, it's always great to see you. Ah, I'm sorry you that too. You're lockdown, but it's okay. Uh, is there anything you want to promote from lockdown? Uh the thing that I would I would encourage the most people to see is I was on this. Have you guys seen? It's a originally a British panel show called Taskmaster. Have you seen this show? I've heard about this. Yeah. I uh, well, there's a New Zealand version of it called Taskmaster. Get this NZ. <laughs> the Get This was mine, not not mm. the shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was on the second season of it, and it was oh, it's truly aside from appearing on Stand By Your Band, the, the greatest working experience I've had in my life. <laughs> it was it was so much fun, and I'm so proud and happy with how the show came out. Um, and I believe it it, it might it should be on YouTube if you look up Taskmaster NZ S two. You should be able to track down the episodes, or if you're um good at navigating VPNs, you could get it on the TVNZ on demand website. But um, 
I I would encourage everyone to watch that if you feel like it. Otherwise, just you know, don't take recommendations from people you don't care about and listen and watch <laughs> the things that you like because you know there's enough of it. Beautiful. Uh, Tommy and I will be at the Comedy Attic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think it was November fifth and sixth. Is that what I said? And uh, I have a little something cooking uh, in a Ooh. couple weeks that I can't say just yet. But, Very exciting. Uh, it'll be fun. And then, uh, but I, and then I'm gonna be doing. A long set at the Comedy Cellars, Fat Black Room, uh, Fat Black Pussycat. Uh, I think sometime in late October, early November. If you live in New York, I'd love if you came out because uh, mm. it's just going to be me doing a long set and maybe a couple friends. Uh, so come do that. And uh, Tommy, what you got? Uh, October 8th, I'll be opening for Patton Oswald at the King's Theater in Brooklyn. That's the next big thing. So come to that if you are in New York. Hell Damn. yeah. Fuck, it's all going on for you guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling people to watch YouTube. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks again, guy. We love you. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Get on the Patreon. Keep it crispy. Bye.